good day. This is Teacher Dean, and I am coming to you from Apostolic Radio Ministries International. Again, this is Apostolic Radio Ministries International. Today, I want to talk on the topic, Move It From A Wish. Again, it is Move It From A Wish. I want to base my teaching on some scriptures. One of the scriptures are in John. And in that scripture, it tells us that if we ask what we wish, it shall be done unto you. Again, the scripture talks about acts, what you wish, and it shall be done unto you. Another scripture I want to bring in for emphasis is in John also, the one that refers to, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. So, when I look at those scriptures and we're talking about wishes and prosper, I am wondering what does the word prosper mean? So again, I'm wondering, what does the word prosper mean? What does the word wish mean? And many of us think of the word prosper in terms of succeeding. Prosper means to succeed materially. Prosper means to get something or to attain something. So when we look at it, that we wish above all things that we would prosper and be in good health, that we would succeed in every aspect of our lives. And when I look at prosper in that aspect I am thinking of that our soul prospers how do we know that our soul prosper as Christians we do an excellent job of making sure our soul prosper we sing praises to God we pray we fast we always assemble ourselves together. Whether it's online or in person, we find ways to assemble ourselves together. So our soul prospers. We have something to keep ourselves uplifted. Something to keep ourselves together. 
but let's look at prosper. Is our community prospering? Is our homes prospering? Is our finance prospering? So when I look at the word, I think of those things. What does prosper mean? And the other scripture that I want to draw your attention to is in John chapter 15, verse 7. And it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Again, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. To me, that is very simple. Just the words abide in you, and you ask whatever you will. Note, it did not say, ask for some things. It says, ask for whatever you will. So again, that is the focus of my attention. John chapter 15, verse 7. And also the scripture that says, I wish above all things that you prosper, even as your soul prosper. Now let's look at the word wish. What is a wish? It's a simple thought. A wish is a thought. Wish is not an action. Wish is something in your mind. That is all it is. I wish. It's something that I think about. And what about it, children of God, if we could wish something to happen? And it happens. The Bible says, ask what ye will. And it shall be done unto you. So how do we ask what we will? How do we wish? It's a thought. So, I am going to focus my attention on some scriptures. And I'm looking at it from the viewpoint of the lepers in the Bibles. So we know that there were several lepers, L-E-P-E-R-S, lepers in the Bible. Some were named and some was not named. And when we look at it from that perspective, let's look at the first one, Miriam. Miriam was a leper at some point. And she became a leper. And what happened in that story with Miriam? Her two brothers sought God and says, Can you please heal my sister? 
her two brothers were who? Moses and Aaron. Those were the two brothers who said to God and pleaded on behalf of Miriam. Notice that it took seven days for Miriam to be healed. I want you to write that down. It took seven days for Miriam to be healed. However, her brothers did not leave her side. They supported her through her leprosy. She was in isolation. And they went on their knees begging God to restore her. And they would not leave her. That's what the brothers did. Now let's look at the next leper in the Bible. This next leper we're going to talk about is the famous Naaman. And if we look at Naaman, we can see that he had some characteristics. And that one is found in 2 Kings. That one again is found in 2 Kings. And if I remember correctly, it is 2 Kings chapter 5. And I want to focus your attention that Naaman was a king. He was a wealthy man. But he was also a leper at some point. Now leper is a sickness. It's something that they had to go through. Their skins were turning white. And there was no cure. But Naaman, who was the captain of the host of the king of Syria, wanted to be healed. Again, he wanted to be healed. He had a wish, he had a desire to be healed. He knew that his desire was all he had. There was no cure. However, he was humble enough to listen to the servant girl who told him about a prophet. So he got his things together. He got him ten talents of silver. He got him gold and he got raiment. And then he went down to Israel. When he went down to Israel, he wrote a letter to the king. The king of Israel was like, I don't know what you expect. I don't know what you think. And the king rent his garment. Now what does the word rent mean? Rent means to tear. In that scripture. It means to tear his garment. However Elijah the prophet heard that the king rent his garment. He heard that the king tore his garment. 
because of this scenario. And what did he do? He, the king, did not do anything. However, Elijah went or visited the king and he told the king to tell Naaman that a prophet was in Israel. And as a matter of fact, let me get this correctly. He did not go to the king. He sent to the king. This is when you know God is with you. You don't have to go. You can send. Right? So the prophet sent to the king and says, Why are you tearing up your garments? Just let them know that there's a prophet in Israel. Let them know that I'm here. What a confidence. So of course. The king sent Naaman. Unto. Elisha. Again he sent Naaman. Unto Elisha. And let us figure out. What happened. When he sent Naaman to Elisha. Notice. Elisha did not come out. He sent a messenger. To Naaman. He sent a messenger to Naaman. And says go and wash. In Jordan seven times. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, go and wash seven times. If you notice something about the other healing I referred to of that leper, Miriam had to wait seven days. And now we see that Naaman was told to go and dip seven times. Now, I am not going to contest what the word seven means in the Bible. All I know that the action was seven. In one scenario, seven days. And in this action, seven times. Now, when that happened, it was not an easy way for Naaman to go out and get his miracle he was upset he was wroth that means he was upset because he was told to go dip into a dirty river seven times when you're considered certain times of certain statue and of certain uh, degrees and of certain things you feel it may be beneath you to do some dirty stuff for Naaman he was like you mean I have to go dip in Jordan seven times can't you just send me into a clean river can you send me somewhere else some of us call it 
humbling. To name it, it may have been humiliation. It may have this is a joke. But he had his servants who came near and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you to do something great, wouldn't thou hast done it? Wouldn't you have done it if it was somewhere great, something splendorous? So he had some friends that whispered in his ear. And his friends supported him. So ladies and gentlemen, notice that Miriam had some support. Notice that Naaman had some support. Notice that Miriam had to wait seven days. Naaman had to wait, dip seven times. My apologies. Dip seven times. However, they both had supporters. When they're in their lowest times, in their isolation times, in their times when they needed the greatest strength, someone was there for them. And it was that simple. Just someone whispering into your ear to support you. Sometimes that's all that you need. And may I say clearly that both of them got their healing. But I want you to focus your attention on this last leper. This time it was not. Wait seven days. This time it was not dipped seven times as it was in the Old Testament. We are talking when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Master walked into this scenario. And Jesus was facing a great multitude in that story. And when he was facing that multitude, he came down and there was a leper. This leper was not named, ladies and gentlemen. This leper did not have a name. But the leper spoke to Jesus. And he said something like this. Lord, if thou wilt, can you make me clean? Lord, if thou wilt, can you make me clean? To me, that was as simple as it gets. We're talking about the simplicity of a wish. The simplicity of having something done. God, if you want to do this for me, can you make me clean? And Jesus said to him that I will, I will get this done for you. I will heal you. So why did I go through all these scenarios 
Why did I go through the story of Miriam? To show you that she had to wait seven days. Why did I go to the story of Naaman? To show you that he had to dip seven times. Because I want to show you at this time and in this day. We don't need to wait seven times. Seven days. Seventy days. Seventy years. Seven months. Seven weeks. We can say Lord if thou wilt. You can give me an opportunity. Lord, if thou wilt, you can make this happen for me on the job. Lord, if thou wilt, you will make me endure. Lord, if thou wilt, you will give me a home. Lord, if thou wilt, you will give me a car. Lord, if thou wilt, you will give me a family. Lord, if thou wilt, you will give me whatever my heart desires. Notice, it's Lord, if thou wilt. Not Lord, I demand you. Not no vain babblings. Not no fasting 40 days, 40 nights. It was Lord, if thou wilt. That is in the simplicity of a wish. And I want us to move some things from a wish today. I want us to move it from a wish. By using simply, Lord, if thou wilt. Because that is in the simplicity of a wish. And why would I think that this will work? If it worked for the leper, it can work for us today. The Bible says, greater things shall be done. And some of us are still looking for greater things. What is greater things? How will greater things come? If we can't wish it and it can't happen. Why can't we just say the word and ask God? God said in his words, I know the plans that I have for you. That is as scriptural as you can get. There is nothing that changes that statement. He created us. He designed us. He knows the plans he has for us. He knows where we are, when we are, why we are, and where we're going to tomorrow. He says, look at the fields. If I can take care of them, I can take care of you, O ye of little faith. And so, the word is pretty clear today. It is fully clear. If we say, Lord, if thou wilt. Can you do this for me? Can you open this door? Can you turn this around? Lord, if thou wilt. So many of us need to move things from a wish.
We need to move our ministries from a wish. We need to move our financial situations from a wish. We need to move our family situation from a wish. We need to move everything in our lives from a wish. We don't need to be saying, if I was given the opportunity like the rest, if I had a hundred degrees like the rest, and yes, I exaggerated, if I went to school like the rest, no, it's just Lord, if thou wilt. It's a simply Lord, if thou wilt. And sometimes that is why we block our own blessings. Because we are wishing for things that is not in the plan. So can we move it from a wish? Many times... We are our own problems. Can we just move it from a wish? Can we move it from being ministry-based, church-based, to kingdom-based? Move it from a wish. There's many churches, but there is one kingdom of heaven. Move everything in your life from a wish. Build up the kingdom of heaven. Move it from a wish. Build up each other. Move it from a wish. Build up your finances. Move it from a wish. Build up your families. Move it from a wish. Build up your churches. Move it from a wish. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move everything in our lives from a wish. Let us plant these seeds on our heart. Lord, if thou wilt. Every time that we look around at a situation, Lord, if thou wilt. We can move things in our lives from a wish. And we need to see greater things. We need to have greater things. Remember I said earlier, our soul prosper. Our minds prosper. The Christian side of our lives prosper. However, Christianity is not attractive to many people around us. Why is Christianity not attractive to many people? They're saying, you look good, you sound good, everything is good. But you can't do nothing for yourself. Prove to me that your Christianity works. Prove 
to me that you're the head and not the tail? And if you are the head, why are you always in that situation? If you're the head, why are you always going through that kind of situation? Am I saying that Christians don't go through problems? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that Christianity don't look attractive enough to many groups of people. They're like, if I'm going to live like that, I'd rather not live. So as Christians, let's move it from a wish. And we don't have to look fancy and pompous and, pr- and full of pride. That is not what I'm referring to. Let your entire life be prosperous. We don't need to be carrying no credit card bills around us. We don't need to be carrying bad, bad loans around us. Let us look prosperous. We don't need to be looking like we have all kind of broken down families. We don't need to look like we have a broken down communities. So let every time that somebody sees us on the work. To like I want to prosper like that one prosper. I want to succeed like that one succeed. I need to be like that person. Why is it they always look that way? Why is it they're always getting somewhere? Why is it that they always have favor? I want to prosper like you. Like you as a Christian. That's the prosper I want. That's what I'm referring to, ladies and gentlemen. Not just your soul prosper, but your life prosper. Every aspect, every being of you should prosper. Christianity should be attractive to everyone. Let them see something in you, not only your soul, but the whole of your life prosper. And they can say, I want that Jesus that makes you prosper in everything. You don't have to be rich, but you must look successful in every aspect that you walk in. You must be the one that they envy on the job. Because not only your soul prosper, but your life prosper. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health. It still puzzles me why it was when I wish above all things. It didn't say I wish some things. It says above all things. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knew that our soul would prosper. He knew that we would be very faithful in service. So again, let us prosper and let's move it from a wish. Let every single side of our lives prosper.
so that others can say they never out of something they never out of anything that they need because not only their soul prosper but their whole life prosper in Jesus name again ladies and gentlemen I wish above all things I wish above all things that you're that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper let's move it from a wish let's move it from a wish let's christianity be attractive so if ye abide in me and my words abide in you you can ask whatever you want whatever you wish whatever you desire and it shall be done unto you move it from a wish thank you